start in Genesis chapter 41, and uh, or 40, I'm sorry, Genesis chapter 40. The life of Joseph, here is the plea tonight, and uh, what's the plea? Joseph, as a prophet, we've studied, uh, I think, four weeks on him being a prophet and all the things that he did as a prophet, but as a prophet, um, it's important um, that we... We, we tell the whole whole truth. What do you mean by the whole truth? I mean this. Um, you know, all across America, if we had a, if we had a, uh, a seminar or if we had a revival on uh, pro end times, prophecies, do you know how many people would show up? A lot of people are interested in the end times. You know that? They're interested in the end times. We're here. Uh, yeah. We're there. Yeah. We, I believe we are here. Um. But I, as I was beginning to think about this as well, I mean, this is true. Um, every time God gives um, an answer to the future, uh, something that's going to, to, going to take place, there is always, always something to go with it. Um, if something bad is going to take place, he has a solution. Um, even with the tribulation period, you'll notice even with the rapture and all that that takes place, there is the rapture. But if you're born again, guess what? I mean, if you're, if you're born again, that means you're gone. But if you're not born again, you stay. Um, and then the tribulation period time comes, and then you have seven years where God allows the devil to have rule and reign. And during that seven-year period, uh, <clears throat> many people can begin to tell you exactly what takes place and where it is and all these kinds of things because they've done their research. But sadly enough, we've spent so much time on the prophecy, we've forgotten to prepare for today. Rather, look, it's important to understand and read our Bibles and know our Bibles and have knowledge about it. But we need to be able to say, well, that's going to happen. So what do I need to prepare for that? You know, I mean, what if I know, if I know that that is going to take place, <clears throat> then what can I do to change something? What can I do to keep people from going to that tribulation period? What is it my job? What is What can I do to keep people from suffering the wrath of Satan? Having to take the mark of the beast. Having to, uh, <clears throat> to go through all of that. What can I do to prevent them from going through that? As I looked at this, th this is what Joseph did. He prophesied of what was going to take place in the future. But he did not. He did that. Um, all the way back when he was just a boy. He did that with his brothers, and then he did that in prison, and then he did that in front of uh, Pharaoh. But he did all of that, and he told what was going to take place in the future. But every time that he told what was going to take place in the future, he had the solution. He had a solution. He had a solution. Uh, so we can see what's going to take place, uh, the Jesus Christ is coming. What are we doing to prepare for it? I got, yeah, I've got my bags all packed and I'm ready to go. You know, do you? And like Brother Blackie just said, tell others, man, that's a huge thing. And I, we're going to talk about that specifically tonight. <clears throat> so um, here's the plea. The plea that Joseph did, he, he has two different things. Um, I believe two different things, two different areas. And then next week, we're going to look at him being in, in charge, second in charge over all of Egypt. Oh, I'm pretty excited about that. So 
Uh, here we are, Genesis chapter number 40 and verse number 14. This is going to take us back to prison, okay? So we can understand, uh, so we can grasp his prophesying did not just take place in front of Pharaoh, it took place in front of, in, in prison, in front of basically just a couple guys, okay? So uh, in verse number, chapter 40 and verse number 14, he is talking to the butler, all right? Uh, verse number 14, but thank on me when it shall be uh, well with thee, and show kindness, I pray thee, unto me, and make mention of me unto Pharaoh, and bring me out of this house, for indeed I was stolen away out of the land of, my, of the Hebrews, and here also have I done nothing that they should put me in, in the dungeon. Okay? So he makes his petition known. He makes it known that, hey, look, when you... Get out of, when you get out of here, as I told you that you would, tell somebody, think on me. Think on me. Uh, he's given him prophecy, but he's also given him a petition to do. I want you to think about this for just a moment. Would you not agree with me in some, in, in some ways that it is not so, is, is this not true about what's taking place today? God has left, or Jesus Christ left this earth 2,000 years ago, and he's given us a plan. He's given us a, uh, uh, something to do, somewhere to be, a life to live. He's given us a way to live. He's given us that petition in which we ought to live our life. Joseph gives him a petition and he says, first of all, in chapter 40 and verse number 14, in Genesis chapter 40 and verse 13, 14, he says, but, for, but think on me. He said, when you get out of here, get your mind off of all the celebration of you being restored. Get your mind off the celebration of, of, uh, of you being back in your position. Get your mind off of, off of being, being able to go back to your wife and kids. Think on me. Why did he tell him to think on him? I'll tell you why. Because the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 23 and verse number 7, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. He, Joseph knew that if he would think on him, guess what he would do? He would tell Pharaoh. So he would go to Pharaoh and say, hey, there's a guy in prison who's helped me, who's given me prophecy that came true. Think on me. Now, is it not true that Jesus Christ has said the same thing? That we ought to think on him? The Bible says in Philippians chapter number 2, Philippians chapter number 2 and verse number 5, he says, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. So we ought to have the mind of Christ. We ought to, so as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So I ought to have the mind of Christ, and if I ought to have the mind of Christ, I've got to have my mind on who? Christ. But too many times in our life we have it on ourselves. Why didn't the butler tell why didn't the butler tell Pharaoh? Because his mind was not on Joseph. It was on him. Let me ask you something. Why is it 
Why is it that you won't tell people about Jesus? Why is it that we won't proclaim the gospel? Why is it that we won't tell our neighbor or tell our friend or tell our foe be simply because we're not thinking right? Who are we not thinking on him? Because if our mind is on God, then our mind would be about telling folks about Jesus Christ. He said, think on me. Joseph said, think on me. Jesus, Jesus said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What else does, what else does the Bible say about Christ and Jesus? Look, uh, Romans chapter 12 and verse number 1, he said, I beseech you therefore, brother, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, uh, which is your reasonable service. But watch this. He said to be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your what? Mind. But what takes place when you give your mind to the Lord? When you begin to think on God, when you begin to think about the things of God rather than yourself, what begins to change? A renewing of your mind takes place. You begin to think on different things. You begin not to, not, men, your eyes begin not to wander like they ought not to. Hey, it ought not be a problem whether a woman dresses right or whether a woman doesn't dress right. Your eyes ought to stay on, on key. Right? It, it shouldn't matter. You say, why? Because you're, where's your mind? Where's your mind? My mind needs to be on the Lord. My mind needs to be about the Bible. What does he say in Colossians? He said, set your affections on the things of, of what? Things below, right? So we can get all that, all those things that rust and corrupt. And No, that's not what he says. He said, set your affections on things above, not on things of this earth. And so as I live my life, here it is, a perfect example. Joseph says, think on me. He says, hey, put your mind on me. But what is it? I think it, it, it parallels with us so much is that here we are on earth and we don't think about Christ. He's the last resort. When we are going through a trouble, when we're going through a tragedy, he's the last person we think about. When he ought to be the, he ought to be the what? He ought to be the first thing we think about. He ought to be that first thing that we think about. But the butler didn't listen. The butler didn't, did not think on the Lord. He didn't think on the Lord. He, I got it. I got this handled. I've got this handle. Think on the Lord. Think on him. Where's your mind at this evening? You know, many people have, have uh, done terrible things, but I, I'm going to tell you where their mind was not in the right spot. The Bible says, for a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So is he. Where's your heart at? Hmm? All right. So let's look. Uh, Genesis chapter 40, verse number 14. He says, but I think, he says, but think on me. Watch what else he says. Number one, as we see this petition here, he said, think on me, but watch what else he says. When it shall be well with thee and show kindness, I what? Pray thee. I'm asking you, 
Not only am I asking, he said, not only am I asking you to thank on me, but I'm praying that you will, I pray thee, I pray that you will, I ask you, would you thank on me? Would you show me kindness? Would you not say that this is something that he is asking him to do as a Christian? That he would, that he would thank on him? That he would pray for him? That he would put his mind on Joseph rather than his own needs? Rather than his own, own successes? Rather than his own things? Think on me! But too many times as Christians, we don't. We think on ourselves. I'm, I am A number one. It hurts my feelings. That's all that matters. It's all about me fulfilling my desires. And I'm going to tell you, when, when uh, husbands and wives, they cheat on each other, do you know who they're thinking about? They're not thinking about the spouse that they're cheating on. They're thinking about their own selfish desires, their own selfish, what they think is a need. That's all they're thinking about. Selfish, selfish desires. What's your, what's your desire? What's you thinking on? <laughs> I pray thee, but watch this. But also, he's not done yet. He's given him several He said, thank on me. He said, I pray thee unto, unto me. And watch verse number 14 again. Genesis chapter 40, verse 14. He said, and what? Make mention of me. Unto who? Unto Pharaoh. Now, I want you to think about this for just a moment. And bring me out of this house. He knew, he knew that this is prophecy. I believe that God gave Joseph wisdom of what would take place because of this statement here. He said, when you tell Pharaoh, he'll bring me out of prison. He'll bring me out of this house and take me over there. He said, but think on me. I pray thee and make mention of me. Who is he majoring on? Me. Who's me? Joseph. I want to correlate that to one person. Jesus Christ. Who do we need to think on? Jesus. Who do we need to pray to? Jesus. Who do we make mention of? Jesus. But you'll see in this text, not only does he tell him to make mention of Christ or make mention of me, but he tells him to make mention unto who? Unto Pharaoh. Pharaoh was his boss. Pharaoh was somebody he worked for. It wasn't his cousin. It wasn't his uncle. It wasn't his brother. It wasn't his family. It was his boss. So Joseph told, Joseph asked him, he said, think on me, I pray thee, and then when you get to work tomorrow, would you please tell your boss about me? Now, now is that not true where we are today that we ought to tell every single person about Jesus Christ? There ought not be anybody we don't tell. Do you know how easy it is for me to talk football with anybody? I could go up to a complete stranger. I see them have a big Kansas City Chief hat and a Kansas City shirt hat, shirt on. Do you know what I'm going to say to them? Hey, that's my team. And immediately we'll begin to talk. It's easy. But why is it so hard for us to walk up to somebody and say, Hey, can I tell you about somebody? Can I tell you about Jesus Christ? But he says, make mention 
of me. Is that not what the Bible tells us to do in Matthew? Is that not what Jesus told his disciples to do as he left this earth? He said, I will come again. He said, and I will receive you unto myself. But he said, when I leave, he said, I will come again. But he said, go tell the world. He said, preach the gospel to every creature. Listen, every creature needs a preacher. And you say, well, I'm not a guy. Well, it doesn't matter whether you're a man or a woman. You need to preach the gospel. You say, what does it mean to preach the gospel? That means to tell, to be a teller of the good news. Tell this good news. Make mention of me. Would you just tell somebody about me? Is it not true that we could make a difference in this world if we would just mention Jesus Christ at work and mention the things that he's done for us? It would have cha it changed Joseph's life immediately as soon as he mentioned as soon as he mentioned Joseph. Hey, Pharaoh, well, there was this guy. He he interpreted my dream. Go get him. And immediately he went and got, got him because he mentioned him. I'm here today because somebody mentioned Jesus. Amen. And you're here today. Amen. Because someone mentioned Jesus. And sure, it took, some, some people it took longer to get saved than other people. But all it took was one person coming by and planting a seed. And the next person coming by and watering it. And the next person coming by and watering that seed. Because you have no idea who you will touch. You have no idea who you will influence. Why was it that the butler could have so much influence on Pharaoh? You think it was because the butler was such a good butler? You think it was because he was just such a great guy that Pharaoh just said, man, I got to listen to this guy. No. It was that gospel seed and God began to work and God planted in Pharaoh's mind. He has the answer. See, and that's what needs to take place is we need to plant the seed. Amen. We need to take the seed everywhere we go. You say, what's the seed? That's the seed. You say, well, am I supposed to drop off a Bible everywhere I go? No. That would be good if you could. But there's tracks. We have nice, we have tracks printed up. We have, uh, we have John and Romans Bibles that you can give out. And you can drop them off. I'm too nervous to talk to somebody about my heaven. All the best thing that you've got to do, the best thing that you can do, is just say, I want to invite you to church. Give it to them and let God do the rest. There's many people who have been saved by somebody just simply giving them a track. And I've said this before, and you may have heard me tell this story before, but there's a preacher uh, that I know uh, in Jacksonville, Arkansas, Bible Baptist Church of Jacksonville, Arkansas, um, got saved because somebody left a track on his door. He picked that track up, took it inside, threw it on his coffee table, used it as a coaster, 
And one, one day he looked up and he saw that track sitting there. God began to move. He picked that track up and turned it over and read it, bowed his head right there in his living room and accepted Christ as his personal Savior because somebody gave him a track. Would you make mention of him? You know what, as a church, our number one priority ought to be is to make mention of Jesus Christ. Amen. The Bible says in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 23, he says, he says, but we preach Christ. You know what we need to preach? Christ. Do you know what our lives need to preach? Christ. Do you know what our mouths need to preach? Christ. That was his petition. But I want you to see what took place in verse number 23. Chapter 40. Yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but what? He forgot him. He didn't think on him. He didn't pray for him. He didn't make mention of him. He didn't. Two years passed. Two years passed. Joseph sitting in jail. Joseph sitting down there. What? I, I must have told the wrong guy. <laughs> and then God showed up. And then God planted. Because remember, this butler, he didn't forget. He didn't forget that he got restored. He didn't forget that, that he got put back in the right spot. He remembered. At some point, he was going to remember and he brought him back up to Pharaoh. And that tells us in verse chapter 41 that, that God places Joseph right in front of Pharaoh to interpret his dreams. So, so God did help him to remember. But I challenge each and every one of us to thank on God, to make mention of God. And then number two, uh, we see the, the petition, but number two, the plan. What was God's plan for all this? There was a plan. There was a plan. There was a plan working when Joseph got sold as a slave. There was a plan working when he went to work for Potiphar. There was a plan working when God placed him in prison. And when God placed him with Pharaoh, there was a plan. God's plan was beginning to unveil. God's plan was beginning to work. Chapter 41 and verse number 33, look what Joseph tells Pharaoh, God's plan. Here's, here's God's plan for you, Pharaoh. And what he, what he may have, I believe he knew, by at this point, he knew what, what the plan was. But this was the plan that God had intended. Verse 33. Number We see here the plan. Verse 33. Now therefore, chapter 41. Now therefore, let Pharaoh look out a man discreet and wise. Stop for just a second. That's number one. He says, you got, here's his plan. Here's the plan, Pharaoh. He, he, he's already interpreted his dream. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. We, we, we already seen him interpret that dream. He's already told him exactly what's going to take place. But now the plan is, Pharaoh, get somebody who's wise and discreet. Do you know what? As a, as, a, as, a, as a leader, that's one of the most important things he had to do was pick somebody who was going to be wise who was going to be discreet, who was going to do his job and not run around trying to get the pat on the back. And, hey, look at me, look at me, and try to steal the, steal the power from Pharaoh. He just needed a guy who was going to be wise and discreet. Do you know what, do you know what church? 
This is what we need. As, as church leadership, we need people who are wise and discreet. Hey, not somebody running around. Look, I, I, I'm, I'm glad that God's called me to be the pastor, but I don't need to be running around. Ha ha, look at me. Good job, good job. Did you hear me? Did you get, did, did you get that? I don't need to be that type of a person. And as we pick, and as we go forward, we have leadership. That's not the kind of leadership we need in this church. If we have that kind of leadership in this church, we don't need that kind of leadership in this church. Because that's not the leadership that God wants, and that's not the leadership that God, God desires for churches. There are many churches that are ruined because there are men who are not discreet and are not wise. My most important thing that I need to do is I need to please God. Amen. Not run around trying to say, hey, please me. And that's what Joseph was. Joseph was wise. He was wise and discreet. So, number one, this is God's plan. Man who's wise and discreet. Look in verse number 34. <coughs> verse 33, he says, set him over the land of Egypt. Verse 34, let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land and take up the fifth part of the land uh, of Egypt in the seven plenteous years. Verse 35, now watch, this is number two. This is the plan. Uh, and let them gather all the foods. You know what the plan was? To be a good steward of the opportunities that God's given them. He said, what you need to do, he said, get somebody that's wise and discreet, and then number two, someone who's going to take advantage or someone who's going to be a good steward of God's opportunities. You're getting ready to go into a seven-year famine. So how in the world can you prepare? How in the world, church, can you prepare? How in the world... Uh, can you prepare for seven years of bad? How can you prepare for that? You want to know how? Take the seven years that are good and stock up. And do you know what that took? It took somebody who was a wise steward of the opportunities that God gave them. We need to be a good steward of what God has given us. What has God given us? Our life as a church, we need to be good steward of God's monies. We need to be careful on what we spend money on. Oh well, we've got it, so just buy it. That's not how it works. We need to be careful. We need to be we need to watch that kind of stuff. Why? Because God's given us to be a steward of that. As a Christian, your own personal finances. You need to be a good steward of your own personal finances. Well, we've got it. Let's just get it. Do you need it? What's the What's the purpose in it? You know, it's about being a steward of, of what God has given you. Here was Joseph given this opportunity, and he said, this is how it's going to work. This is God's plan. God's plan is to take the seven good years and stockpile for the seven bad years. And he took those seven bad good years and stockpiled and made it last for seven bad years because he did what was right. And as a Christian, we must, hey, look, this is a good example Chapters, Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 10. He said, and we therefore uh, uh, have opportunity. Let me back up. As Verse number 10. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are the, of the household of faith. And we have therefore opportunity. We need to take what God has given to us and propagate the gospel and preach the gospel and get the gospel out. You know what? The gospel is, is free. But the transportation to get the gospel out is not free. So sometimes it takes spending a dollar 
to get the gospel out. You say, why is it so important to get the gospel out? Because the Bible says the word of God will never return void. Never return void. So, right, am I a good steward of God's money? Am I a good steward of God's opportunities? Am I a good steward of God's talents? Am I a good steward of my voice? Am I a good steward of all? Oh, 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 you talk about anything, anything you want to. Are you a good steward of what God has given you? Every person, every person that's listening, every person that will listen, God has given you things. Are you a good steward with it? Bible says it's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Joseph was faithful. Here was the plan. The plan was Joseph was wise and discreet. The plan was that he was going to be a good steward of the opportunities that God would give him. What are the opportunities God's given you? I'm going to give you one. And I'm going to be quiet and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll end. Opportunities that God gives you to witness. Are you a good steward with that? God gives you a chance to really talk to somebody and sit down and have a conversation with them. Are you a good steward to witness to them? Are you a good steward to tell them about the Lord? Because God's given us opportunities. Sometimes those opportunities come by once and you'll never see that person again. You'll have no idea what kind of impact you'll have in that person's life. One time, pass through. One time. You know, you say, uh, where's everybody that's been saved? Where's everybody that's been baptized? I don't know. God does. But it's that one chance, one opportunity. I have no idea where it's going to land. I have no idea what they're going to do with it. I have no idea where they're going to go. All I can do is preach the gospel, try to get them saved, try to get them baptized, and guess what? God will do the rest. But I've got to be a good steward with my opportunities. And to be honest, I'm going to close with this. To be honest, there are times I'm not a good steward with my opportunities to witness. God has given me witness uh, opportunities to witness and I've not witnessed. Had there ever been a time where God has given you a chance to witness and you didn't? I would, I would, I would, I would say this, that there's probably been a time in every person's life we all We've been given that opportunity, and we haven't, and we have not witnessed. I challenge you to do it. Think on him. Mention him. I think I'm about done. Brother Black, you have any thoughts to add to the end? Well, you know, preacher, just, you know, the message tonight and everything is coincidental what happened this afternoon at our house. Oh, yeah? Yes. Yesterday, this young man was walking the streets. You know, he was selling something. Yeah. He saw, I had, we have a sign on the, on the house. No solicitation. Yeah. And so he was walking again this afternoon. Vance and I was in the run, and I hollered at him. You want some water? He said, yes. So he came over, and I gave him a bottle of water for a walk. And uh, he was selling camels for houses. Mm-hmm. But he's from Utah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, <clears throat> I invited him to come to the service Sunday. Yes, sir. I said, we have a parking lot service Sunday. And I said, more than welcome. And I asked Janice, I said, would you go get a track and give him the address? 
Yeah. And uh, he says, well, every, he made mention that, that everybody's, you know, by heaven and everything. I said, that's only one way to heaven. Amen. And I said, that's through Jesus Christ. Without Jesus Christ, you can't get to heaven. He said, absolutely. Amen. You're absolutely right. Amen. So I had an opportunity, you know, this yeah. an opportunity to tell him there was only one way to heaven. That's right. Now, whether or not he would come Sunday, right. I don't know, but he could try and he said, I appreciate this. Right. This. Amen. Well, you took two opportunities. One, you told him. Two, you gave him the gospel. Even him walking away with that track, the word of God, he'll place that down. He's probably not going to throw that away. He's going to stick it in his pocket. Oh, he put it in his briefcase. He put it in his briefcase. Whether he looks at it today or looks at it tomorrow or looks at it next week, he'll still look at it. Um, it's just like this. There's a, there's a lady who, who comes to church uh, to, to Mid-County that uh, I had invited her to church. I'd given her a track, and she put it in her purse. And she said she kept changing purses, and that track was still in there, and she'd move it around and keep it in there. And a couple months passed by. Actually, I think it was like six months went by, and she finally got to going through her purse, and there it was. There that track was. She picked it up, and she said, well, I guess I better go. And... Uh, She's been here. She's been coming since. I it just, you just don't know. There's another man who comes who ha got a flyer put on his door um, during the Heritage Festival two, two, three years ago, two years ago. Um, uh, had had a Bible put on his door, and he's been coming since then. It's just you just don't know when um, you hand that track what it will do. You give him an invite to church. You have no idea what it will do. Even if you say, well, they ain't know, my visitor ain't never come to church. Well, maybe they've gotten saved. Amen. And that's the most important thing. So I want everybody to come to church. Don't, don't get me wrong. But if they can get saved, man, that's, 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 the, that's the great thing. That's the great thing. Salvation. Well, I think we're done for tonight. Tell the gospel. Spread the gospel. Spread the gospel. Uh, Sunday, drive in church, 11 o'clock. Uh, we'll be we'll be out there, and I think I may change the radio station because some were having trouble listening to it, um, so they were given some kind of static there. So I'm going to work on that. So I'll uh, I'll let you guys know what radio station as you guys come in on stay Sunday, in and uh, stay in the cars. Uh, we're going to have a great time on Mother's Day, and uh, looking forward to that. So please come be a part of that service, and uh, don't miss out. And uh, looking forward to Sunday. God bless you guys. And uh, let's end with a word of prayer. Lord, I thank you for tonight. Thank you for everyone that uh, joined us tonight online. Thank you for Brother Blackie uh, and Miss Stacy and the girls for coming in tonight. I pray that you bless them. I pray that you'd encourage them and strengthen them in the Lord. We love you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. See you guys later.